Bump to Birth podcast. I'm Bella. And I'm Sinead, and we're both registered nurses and midwives. Join us as we educate and empower new parents on the journey from conception right through to the first few weeks with a newborn. Please note this podcast works to provide some extra information that you may need for your baby journey, but it does not replace the medical advice given by your care provider. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Welcome to our next episode. Yes. How's your week been? Mine's been great. What about yours? Great. So good. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to be talking about antenatal expressing. Yes. Yeah. We're not getting too into the nitty gritty of breastfeeding and babies and popping them on because um, it's just not what we're covering today. <laughs> today we're just going to be covering um, the actual expressing in during like pregnancy and the later stages of pregnancy and we'll go through the timing and how to do it, storage, how to label it, why it's good, all yeah, that stuff. All the details. Yeah. And then in a later later episode in a little bit of time we'll cover proper breastfeeding and all that stuff. But today's just the work up to it. Yeah. Cool. So, colostrum. You may or may not have heard the word thrown around before. Yes. It is basically liquid gold <laughs> is the best way to describe it. It is the the pre-milk. It is full of nutrients. Yeah, it's the first milk. That, that first stuff that, that comes in. Um, you might notice it leaking. You may not. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't dictate. It doesn't dictate uh, how well you're going to breastfeed. Yeah, not at all. Um, the amount of colostrum that you get antenatally means very little to the success of your breastfeeding. Um, it is just something that is really handy to have if you can get any beforehand. So the colostrum, your body will sort of start to make it in the first trimester. So some people will get colostrum as early as even like 15, 16 weeks. Um, and they say that if, you have had a baby before, you sometimes can be more likely to get your colostrum earlier. And basically how it works for your body, so some people will express, um, so the recommended timing, just so that like you know in the back of your mind while we're talking about this, is that you don't sort of even start to express anything until 36 weeks. Um, But the way that it sort of works is that while your placenta is in situ, it's releasing all of those like good hormones that you need for your pregnancy, the progesterone and the estrogen and all that sort of stuff. And that will inhibit your body from making full milk milk. Mm -hmm. And then once your baby is born and your placenta is birthed, um, then your body sort of goes into the lactogenesis process and will start to make proper milk and your milk will come in after birth so some people might find that you might try and express but you don't you might get a few drops which is the average person and most people gets that and that is amazing Mm -hmm. some people will get more than that and some people won't get anything at all and all of that is completely fine and normal it just depends on your body and its hormones and what they're doing if you want to pull out a fun party trick as well, you can try expressing when you're not even pregnant. Sometimes you can get some. It is purely a hormonal drive thing, so it doesn't mean anything about your success. That's very funny. Imagine you at a party, Sinead. She's like, look what I can do. 
Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, it yeah, absolutely no indicator of your success whatsoever. So yeah, colostrum is that first milk, um, and it really provides the key antibodies that your baby will need to help prevent against harmful bacteria mm-hmm. and bugs. Um, and it also provides good gut bacteria for yeah. your baby as well. So um, really important that, I mean, some people will choose, even if they're not going to breastfeed, they'll still express those first bits of colostrum just for their benefits that there is to bub. Yeah, it's totally full of white blood cells and it's full of nutrients, really, really dense in nutrients. So it's one of those things that is going to be much less in quantity because it's so dense in its quality. Mm. So it won't be anything like what you see your friend expressing who's got a one-year-old and she gets a bottle full of milk. It's going to be more like into a little syringe, potentially a few drops. Yeah, like 0.1 of a mil. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about the quality of it, not so much about the quantity of it. So um, as we said briefly, briefly touched on before, it's not recommended um, to start hand expressing antenatally until about 36 weeks gestation. Um, And then when you do, when you are thinking about starting, it's best just to talk to your health provider first, whether that's your obstetrician or midwife or whoever you're seeing for that week, just to make sure that there's no um, like sort of contraindications or anything in your pregnancy. Things like a low-lying percenter, those kinds of things that might be a bit iffy. um, They're things to talk to your doctor about. Um, uh, So better off to just double-check those things first. So any earlier than that 36-week mark can um, bring on premature labour just because it releases the oxytocin, that love hormone, when you do um, stimulate your nipples and – hand express uh so best off to avoid that because you can end up with some uterine tightening contractions and all those sorts of things so just don't do it until 36 weeks yeah but also something you can definitely have in your back pocket when you're ready to start labor um because in the same way once you're over 37 weeks you can use it to try to stimulate those contractions and get get those hormones flowing yeah um, and if you do hand express and you notice any bleeding, contractions, decreased fetal movements, anything else to worry about, just stop what you're doing and contact yeah. your health provider before you start again. Yeah. So people that expressing might be really useful for, anyone can do it. It's absolutely great to have a bit of a backup supply there for when Bubs is born, um, just so that you, you know that you've got a little bit of supply there. But particularly for people who know that their babies are going to need blood sugar monitoring after birth. So like if you've got gestational diabetes, um, if your baby's expected to be small, things like that that you think that a bit of a top-up could go really well for bub, already having that stored colostrum there can be such a lifesaver and can reduce the need for formula in some situations if that is something that you are not wanting to introduce. Um, it's nice to have a little backup of that. They actually found when they did the DAME study, which is like one of the biggest breastfeeding um, studies in Australia that's ever been carried out, that um, uh, if you antenatally express, then you're actually like less likely to have to need to give any formula top-ups in the first 24 hours. So if that's what you're trying to avoid, then um, even just a couple of syringes of 
express breast milk can be super, super handy. Yeah, because even once Bubs is born, it just gives you that head start. You don't stop expressing once Bubs is born if you need a little bit extra. But even just having a little bit there just to give you a head start so that you're always a feed ahead um, if your baby is one that's going to need top-ups. It's just nice to already have that under your belt so you don't have to have another added bit of stress to you. You might find as well that, uh, say, you're expressing antenatally, you've been expressing since 36 weeks, and you're now getting like a two or five mil syringe pre-birth of milk, once you actually do give birth, your milk supply may drop off again and then you'll have to like build it back up. And that's completely normal. It's not that anything's happened or gone wrong. It's just your body's hormones and adjusting and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Also can be super useful if your baby um, has like a cleft palate or lip or any neurological or cardiac things where you sort of know that you – may have a baby who's not going to be super efficient on the breast, Mm -hmm. um, then at least you know that you're able to provide that. Also, yeah, if your baby's expected to need to go to special care nursery for any reason and you think you're going to be separated, already having that head start to establishing your breastfeeding can really help get you on the right track. Yeah. Um, So in terms of how to express, we will post a little post on our Instagram page, which is bump to birth underscore podcast, um, just showing you with a visual um, of how to hand express, but sort of we're going to roughly explain it and hopefully you can get the (laughs) visuals right. Um, So just make sure before you do any expressing, you wash your hands with soap and water really well beforehand and using sterile... um, syringes or like a little medicine cup or something mm-hmm. to collect the milk chat to your um healthcare provider because sometimes they've got little packs and things that they can get yeah. you already of your syringes and stuff so you don't have to chuck it down yourself yeah and you can use um like the one syringe for a 24-hour period as well yeah. if you feel like you need to if yeah. you're like only getting you know tiny tiny bit a couple of drops and then mm-hmm. that way at least you'll actually get to it won't get stuck in the syringe sort of thing yeah um, so if you hold your breast with your hand um, sort of like your palm against your breast in like a C position with your thumb at the top and your fingers underneath, so your thumb sort of should be like just back from your areola and your fingers also just back from your areola underneath your breast. Um, and then with that C position, you push back towards your body and compress the breast tissue back towards your body and then you sort of like roll your fingers forward so try not it's more of a massage yeah than a pinch yeah don't pinch or squeeze because otherwise and try not to go all the way to your nipple either just you sort of go until you sort of get to the areola bit and then Mm. you can stop there hold it for a couple of seconds get any drips that come out and then do it again yeah it'll take a little while for you to get used to how to do it and that is totally fine it's something completely foreign to you so understandable it's going to take a second but just picture when you picture your breast tissue there are milk ducts all around the areola they do not just sit in the top of the nipple yeah they are in the areola they are all around so you want to massage them all out through the breast the breast not just the areola yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so you want to massage them all through yeah yeah um and just it uh, it can, honestly, if you have ever actually milked a cow, <laughs> um, if you squeeze the udder, you don't actually get anything. Whereas mm. if you sort of like the pull down and yeah. massage, you actually do get more. So yeah. a super <laughs> terrible thing to think about. <laughs> but 
actually kind of helpful when explaining it sort of yeah. without the visual, but we'll recommend go to the Instagram, have a look at the video. Yeah. When you're first starting doing it as well, the most comfortable place to do it might be in a warm shower as well because that heat can help as well. Yeah, so don't worry about catching that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just that first bit as you're trying to work on your technique. Yeah. Just in the shower, give it a little go, see if you can get anything. And if you start to see some... That's when you can start doing some expressing as well. And if you start to get sore on your nipples or something, um, you're probably not doing it quite right. So just there's heaps of videos on YouTube and all that sort of stuff as well. So you can go and look at a few different resources to see if you're doing it correctly as well because it shouldn't be painful. No. Yeah. 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 And then once you've caught the milk in your um, syringe, then you can just pop a little cap on it. So usually if you're like a midwife or doctor's given you a kit, then the syringes will come with caps. Mm-hmm. You label it with your um, the date that you expressed it and the time you expressed it. And then also just put your full name so that if you take it into hospital, they can check it against you before yeah. giving it to Bub once it's in the freezers there. Yeah. And then you can pop it into the freezer. Yeah, definitely best to chuck everything into the freezer at this time because uh, you might get a bit of a stock up of it and even if you don't, it stays for a really long time in the freezer. Mm. Um, you can head again to our Instagram for a table because we don't expect you to remember numbers yeah. <laughs> off the top of your head. Um, but basically when it's in the fridge, it can stay there for 72 hours. Um, so that is much less of a time if you're expressing at 36 weeks and you're not expecting to have your bub until 40 weeks beyond. Um, so that's why popping it in the freezer is best because it can last three months in just your normal free- freezer and longer if you have a deep freezer. Six to 12 months if you've got a chest freezer, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they say less than 19, negative 19 degrees, sorry, is yeah. the best temperature for the deep freeze. And um, always at the back of the freezer, never on the door. Same with the fridge. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so when you're opening your freezer, you don't want it to thaw out. Or yeah, because as yeah. soon as it started to thaw, then you have to just continue letting it thaw, and you have to either give it to bubble or throw it out. Yeah. Um. So when you first expressed the milk, it's good just at room temperature for six to eight hours. If it's milk that's come like out of the fridge, it's good for four hours. And then it's good in the fridge for um, 72 hours and then it has to be popped into the freezer. When you have your little store there and you're going in in labour, depending on your risk factors and everything and if you're going in for induction, things are a little bit different. But don't take your whole milk supply in with you when you go in in labour because you do not want it to thaw out on the car trip there or you get there and they're really busy, they don't pop it straight in a freezer. The last thing you want is for your whole supply to defrost and you're in labour for a while and it doesn't get to bubs and it has to be thrown out or used in a bath or something. Uh, So maybe take one or two syringes, keep them on ice and make sure that you talk to your healthcare provider as soon as you get there and ask them to pop it straight into their freezer. Yeah, and make sure you say the freezer, not yeah. the fridge. Yeah. Because sometimes we're just in a rush and don't think about it, so pop it in the fridge. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and in terms of how often to express, so sort of recommended like at the beginning you can just do it like once a day and then you can work up to sort of two to three times a day for like up to five minutes or just as tolerated. Like if you do it for a minute and you're like, oh, it kind of is a bit uncomfortable, sure, fine. Then just do it for that long. Yeah, yeah. 
there's basically no right or wrong with it. It's just whatever you can tolerate at this point um, and just keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. Don't um, feel disheartened if you do it once and you're like, I can't get anything. I'm done. I'm sick of this. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep trying. Keep going. Yeah. Um, and we will have on our Instagram the video of how to hand express and also the storage um, table a table yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> also the storage table for your breast milk which is a good thing to sort of save and keep for later because you'll constantly have all this milk that you're like oh my gosh I'm bamboozled with the milk yeah another really good resource um is the Australian Breastfeeding Association yeah so you can head to their website at any time they've got a lot of information on there um even after bubs is born they've got a 24-hour hotline that you can call as well um, so they've got a lot of resources on there that can really help you as well as you're establishing your breastfeeding. The other thing I was going to say is um, just don't use a pump antenatally. Yes. Um, yep. So just just stick to the hand expressing. And even post-birth, you'll probably find that you get more hand expressing than you do with a pump anyway. So it's just better off. We say don't use a pump until you're sort of getting like 20 mils per expression or you're at day five of expressing. Unless you've got a premature baby and you're in the nursery, it's a completely different thing. But yeah. um, for just your, like, if you've just had a healthy, well-term newborn um, and you're doing antenatal expressing coming into after 36 weeks, just do the hand expressing. The pump is just a bit too much. Yeah, and your colostrum can get stuck because it's so thick and in small mm. amounts it's things that might get stuck in your pump and you actually don't see any of it. Yeah. Um so you don't you don't want to lose that liquid gold. You want to get as much of it as possible. Uh so going straight from the nipple into a cup or into a syringe is a much better way to catch it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. If you have any questions for us about antenatal expressing, what to do, Head over to our Instagram, yep. bump to birth underscore podcast, um, and we'll see you there. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Bump to Birth. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and leave us a review. And if you're looking for more resources, please pop over to our Instagram at bump to birth underscore podcast. See you next episode. Bye.